Ephesians chapter 6 is my text today. For our struggle, I, I, I like what one translation says. It says, for our fight. Everybody say fight. fight. For our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Paul is talking about the fight that we are in and it's not just with people. In fact, it's more with a spiritual world. The spirit and the heavenly world. There's darkness out there. Satan is the prince of the air, the Bible says. Now, he's not to be feared because God defeated him through Jesus. But I want to give us perspective today to know how we need to keep fighting. That's the title of my message today is keep fighting. In Jesus name, you may be seated. Uh, some of you know that I'm the oldest of four sons. I have three younger brothers and no sisters. And so there's a verse in Proverbs 17 that says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. And I thought that must be right because my brothers and I fought all the time. <laughs> now that's not what that verse means. It means a brother is there so that when you face adversity, there's somebody to support you, but it just sounded good to me. So a brother's born for adversity, so let's go at it. In fact, my dad, I remember this vividly. I was about nine or 10. My dad bought a set of boxing gloves, several pair actually, and he set us out in the front yard. I could still see the place in the front yard on the grass where he said, okay, y'all not getting along, put the gloves on and go at it. And I was the oldest, so I did. I took some punches. I don't know that that would be the best parenting, but we worked it out because we fought it out. And then we realized that I didn't really want to punch you in the first place. But boy, sure felt good for a moment. Punching your younger brother when dad said it was okay. Yeah. Waited for that moment, right? Everybody say keep fighting. In my almost 63 years on this earth, I've learned that there are some things worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for your integrity and your reputation and your name. It's worth fighting for your marriage. Some of you are in the thick of it right now. Under the sound of my voice, you're, you're in the thick of a fight. And I don't recommend you get boxing gloves. But you could sure throw some punches with your words. 
and your actions and your behavior. And some of you are fighting, on the other hand, for, for agreement and for peace in your marriage. It's worth fighting for. Some of you are fighting for your family right now. And I'm here to tell you, your kids and your teenagers are worth fighting for. In fact, we have grown sons, and I came in the service today holding our youngest grandson, who's one, one of eight grandchildren. I'm still fighting. As a parent, as a father-in-law, as a grandparent, you never stop fighting for your children and your children's children. And I'm also fighting for the children that are not even here yet. It's worth fighting for. There, there are valued friendships and relationships that Janet and I have that are worth fighting for. Some of us throw the, the baby out with the bathwater so quickly when a friend, they don't come around as easily as you might think. I'm not talking about just people want to hang out with you because you like to party or you have money or you, you're fun. I'm talking about people who, who have your best interest at heart, who really love you and will look you in the face and say, what is up with that? You don't need to wear that dress. <laughs> it's worth fighting for your hopes and dreams. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up on your hopes and dreams. It's worth fighting for God's purpose to be fulfilled on the earth through you. That's worth fighting for. In fact, Paul told Timothy, he said, fight the good fight of faith. Some of you say, well, I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to fight. Well, I get the point, but I'm here to, you know, I'm supposed to turn the other cheek. I'm not talking about that moment. I'm talking about an enemy who's after you and you gotta fight for some things. You gotta grapple for some things. A marriage does not come easy. A life of favor and blessing does not come without sacrifice. Relationships aren't had without giving and surrendering and loving and paying a price for it. There are some things that are simply worth fighting for. And I'm asking you, what are you willing to fight for? I want to give you a couple thoughts as I process this time with you today. To fight effectively, there are some things that fighters know. Now, I'm not a street fighter. I'm not a street thug. I never was in a boxing ring. I did wrestle all through junior high and high school. And I don't know that I would remember all of that, but it might instinctively come back, kind of like riding a bicycle. Let me get a hold of you, and you're going to regret it. <laughs> I might not throw the best punch, but when it comes to wrestling, I'm not that tall, but I'm fast, and I am stronger than you think I am. <laughs> and all I got to do is get you around the head, and it's over. The pastor, you're... Making us afraid of you. No. <laughs> but here's some things I've learned. Here's what fighters know. You ready? Write this down. Fighters acknowledge that they have an enemy. If you're going to fight somebody, you've got to know that's your enemy. 
Now, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It happens all the time, television or pay-per-view. You, you see two fighters stand toe-to-toe and nose-to-nose just before a bout. There's no love lost there. At that moment, they're facing their number one enemy, and they will talk trash. Now, I don't know how old you are, but Muhammad Ali was the king of trash talk, and he was poetic. I predict that he will go in eight to prove that I am great. And if he want to go to heaven, I'll get him in seven. He'll be in the worst of fix if I cut it to six. And if he keeps talking jive, I'll cut it to five. And if he makes me sore, he'll go like Archie Moore. Oh. <laughs> and, if that, and if that don't do, I'll cut it to two. And if he run, he'll go in one. And if he don't want to fight, he should keep his ugly self home that night. <laughs> Ah, uh, you gotta, you gotta appreciate that. Talking trash. Some of you are like I never heard that before. Man, that was the man. He was as entertaining as he was fighting uh, a fighter, and he. But the the crazy thing is, whatever he said, he backed it up. <laughs> Did you know that that's what your opponent, the devil, will attempt to do to you? He'll talk trash to you. He'll tell you you're weak. He'll tell you you ain't nothing. You can't do that. Your marriage is falling apart. Your kids are going to be lost. You can't raise them. You can't train them. You can't ever afford that. He'll talk trash to you. But here's what Peter said. Look at this verse. He said, you and I need to be alert. Be alert. Your enemy, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. But you be firm in your faith and you resist him. Just because he roams around doesn't mean you have to give in. And I'm here to tell you today, don't you kid yourself. The devil is your number one enemy. And he's opposed to every godly thing that you stand for. There's no shaking hands and fighting fair. You can't, you can't give in to a temptation and expect it to all work out. And the devil will make it look so pretty and that you deserve it. And you ought to do this for yourself until you take the step across the line. And then he turns the tables and he tells you you're a loser and you haven't got a backbone and you're never going to live for God and you're never going to make it. You're just a wimp. Listen. The devil hates every man, every woman, every teenager, every young adult in this room. He hates you because you are a follower of Jesus. And he has no intention of letting you off easy and being nice to you. And he'll do anything and everything he can within his power to crush you and to defeat you. So you've got to fight. You've got to get up in the morning with some fight. And I'm telling you, take off the gloves and take a stand and fight. You can't negotiate with the devil and win. You don't compromise with the devil and win. You can't turn your back on the devil. He'll come after you. You've got to go for the knockout every time. And there's some of you, you need to make a decision right now on some of these areas where you're fighting to keep fighting and not just to punch and punch and try to score points. You need to knock him out. You need to cut his throat. 
And that's, that's brutal in church, Pastor. We ought to be nice and easy. The devil's not going to be nice and easy. You need to realize you've got an enemy and he hates you. And the Bible says, listen what Jesus said. The Bible says in John, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Everybody say destroy. Some of y'all going to get with me here in a minute. You're going to help me preach this little sermon. You've got to destroy the devil. I said, you got to destroy him. You can't give the devil an inch. He'll take it all. Well, it's just one little text from a woman at work. Hey, hey, hey. Now, if she's married to you, that's okay. I get texts from a woman I've worked with my whole life. I like it. But I get to go home with her at night. <laughs> 44 years almost and counting. But if it's somebody that you ain't supposed to be going home with, that you say, well, it's just a little text. No, no, no. You can't give the devil an inch. He'll take it all. You know what that may mean? To destroy the devil. It may mean not going some places you like to go. That aren't good for you. How do I destroy the works of the devil? Destroying the works of the devil may mean deleting some of those names out of your phone contact list. Well, I won't ever call them again. Good, get rid of them. That may mean telling him or her goodbye. An old relationship you need to let go of. There's some people you're in relationship right now that you need to say, you know what? They're not the best thing for me. And the best thing for me is to say adios. I'm talking about destroying the works of the devil. You know what that may mean in some of your lives? It might mean you need to be in an accountability group. Well, what's that? That's somebody that has the right to say, look, look at my phone. Now, my wife doesn't do it very often, but a lot long ago, she had my phone. She's looking at a picture, and then she didn't get my phone back. She's looking at some photos I had, and then she just starts going through my phone, and she's in my text messages, and she's looking at my emails. I didn't have a problem with that. I ain't got nothing to hide. In fact, I'm glad she wants to look. Look, honey, because you look all you want. Then afterward, you can kiss me, baby, because I'm in love with you. Now, I like to look at her phone, too. All she has is shopping networks and stuff. <laughs> I found some of those shopping things she's got where she's got items in a little bin over here or something. She's saving them. Man, I start deleting those. She don't even know I'm doing it sometimes. I ain't got nothing to hide. I'm telling her right here in front of me. I'll do it again, too. You give me that phone. <laughs> you got to go for the knockout. The Bible says Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Don't misunderstand me. The God we serve is all-powerful. In fact, Listen to what Paul says when he was writing to the church in Ephesus. He said, so that you can know and understand the immeasurable, unlimited, 
and surpassing greatness of God's power, which he exerted or demonstrated in Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in the earth, but in the world that is to come. And God has put everything under his feet. And he has appointed Jesus the universal and supreme head of the church. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ is the reigning, undisputed champion of the universe. At the cross, Jesus destroyed the works of the devil, and he destroyed the power of sin to keep us from a relationship with our heavenly Father. And you gotta stay in the fight. You gotta keep fighting. You gotta keep taking the gloves off. Don't fight fair. The devil's not gonna fight fair, so you better come at him with everything you have. Fighters know that we have an enemy. and He's just waiting for an opportunity to take you out. Here's the second thing I've learned in my 63 years about fighting this enemy. Fighters know how to guard themselves. There's a verse that in this, gosh, slips my mind. It's in the Psalm or Proverb. It says, guard your heart for out of it are the issues of life. You, you gotta guard your heart. You, you gotta protect yourself because it'll affect how you think and live. Fighters keep their guard up at all times. Why? To protect and block any punch thrown at them. Because the moment you drop your guard, you'll get hit. The moment you close your eyes, a punch is coming. Now, I learned something from my dear friend, Mikado Henson, who's sitting right over here. I learned something very interesting. This was, I don't know, a couple years ago we talked about this for the first time. And he, he was telling me, he said, champion, now Mikado loves to box, and he's one of those kind of guys, I don't want to get in any kind of scrapple with him. Stand up, Mikado. I want them to, know you're, them to know you're my friend. Look at that man right there. That's a man right there, baby. That's, it, no, no, stay back up. I, come on, stand up there strong. Chandra's proud of you. His kids are proud of him. Chandra's his wife. That's my man right there. And he likes boxing, and he likes the, the octagon ring, and he's been an announcer before. Like, are you ready? When? Last night. Are you ready to rumble? <laughs> Mikado. All right, thank you, Mikado. He, he's also the, the life skills director at A&M with all the athletes and has a great ministry there. And thank you for him and what he's doing. They've been a part of our church for a number of years now. And, and, and Mikado told me, he said, champion fighters learn to keep their eyes open, especially when they're being punched. Now, it's, it's natural when you got something coming at you to close your eyes. But look at Steve Cunningham. Look at this picture, right? Look at Cunningham. Now, I didn't know this. A while back, I was looking for a picture because I was 
encouraging some guys about keeping their, keeping their eyes open even though they were taking some hits. And I text Mikado, I said, tell me, who, tell me, this is one of those fighters. He said, that's Steve Cunningham. I said, oh, you know him? He said, yeah. In fact, he said, let me text him. He texted him, this guy. He said he was fighting in England or Europe somewhere when this fight happened and that picture was taken. But look, look at his nose and his lip. He, he just ran into a Mack truck. But look at that eye. Now, Steve Cunningham is the former cruiserweight champion, and he trained himself to keep his eyes open when being punched. Now, just last week, Lomachenko versus Haney. Look at this picture. Lomachenko and Haney, and Lomachenko is giving him one to the jaw, but look at Haney's eyes. Wide open. Why? Because the moment you blink or you close your eyes, you won't see the next punch coming, and it's the punch that takes you out. It's when, it's when the fighter gets tired or gets lazy or loses his skill to keep his eyes open, he'll close his eyes, and the moment that happens, that punch he doesn't see coming, and the next thing is he's hearing, 10, you're out. Some of you are taking some hits today, and I'm just wanting to encourage you. Put that picture back up there a minute. I want you to see that a minute. I just want you. You're taking some hits. They're coming at you. And I'm just telling you, whatever you have to do, do not lose your vision and close your... It's natural to say it ain't going to happen. It's natural to say I need to give up. It's natural to think I can't see anymore. I can't see where I'm going. You got to keep your vision. You got to keep your eyes open. The worst thing you can do is close your eyes even though it's the natural thing and some people would say it's okay. I'm here to tell you it ain't okay because it's the next punch that the devil throws at you that's going to take you down and you need to guard. You need to keep your guard up and you need to keep your eyes open and even when you can't see you just keep on fighting anyway but, but keep those eyes open because God's going to show you if you close your eyes God can't show you what he wants you to do he can't show you his next step but if you keep your vision and keep your spiritual eyes open and just keep fighting even though they're swelling up even though the blood is flowing you just keep fighting because God's still with you and the enemy can't take you out as long as God's leading you All right, you can change it now. Mr. Haney, never met these guys. Did you know him too? No. no. Oh, I was gonna say text him. Hey, you could, <laughs> you could text Cunningham, tell him, hey, my pastor preached about you in a sermon today. Hashtag whatever, I don't know. I'm not on, I'm not on social media anymore, but that'd be awesome. Hashtag Skybreak Church. Anyway. Say that again. Oh, he's retired Navy vet and former cruiserweight champion. Wow. <laughs> don't, don't underestimate the size of a man. Is that what you're telling me too? 
because he's probably not super huge, but he's probably faster. See, that's what Muhammad Ali is, so fast. Best to leave people alone. (laughs) Hey, can I tell you something about the devil? He won't mess with you if you stay out of his arena. (laughs) Some of you, you just step over into the things you ought not be messing with, and then here he is. Well, that'll preach. You read it in Jesus' name. Okay, here's what I've also learned about a wise fighter. A wise fighter not only keeps his guard up and his eyes open, but he studies his opponent to know his approach, to learn what's coming next. Sometimes we're ignorant of Satan's devices. Second Corinthians talks about that. We say, well, that won't happen to me. I'm, I'm tougher than that. Man, I got my act together. I can handle that. You might not ought to say things like that. Paul said, in every battle, you're going to need faith as a shield to stop the fiery darts or the punches that are aimed at you by Satan. I'm here to tell you, you cannot and you will not go through this life without a fight. And the devil's constantly throwing punches at you. What are some of those punches he'll throw at you? He'll punch you with a past failure. Amen. He'll punch you with a past failure. Right? That's a big one. So, so you, some of you wallow too long in your mistakes. You need to get back up, wipe yourself off. You might have a scar. You might have even messed up a little bit, and it might be bad, but it's not worth quitting over. You need to get back up and tell the devil, get off my back. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve God even through my mistakes and my past failures. And I may go through a test and it might be a problem, but I'll make it a testimony. Another punch the devil will throw at you is criticism, ridicule, low blows. You know, he'll hit you below the belt. He'll, he'll hit you from people that, who, who don't like you, people who are trying to take you out. And if you're being criticized, I like what one lady told me a few years ago about our church. She said, my mama, somebody was talking about Skybreak negatively, and this lady was cutting my hair, and she told, uh, Janet knows her too, she, she told, she told uh, Janet and I, she said, my mama told me, find the church in town that, that everybody's talking about and go to that one because they're doing something. <laughs> I was like, well, come on, baby. I don't know what they're saying about us, but we just go keep building the church and reaching people and loving Jesus and tearing the devil up and sending him down the road. The third punch the devil will throw at you is rumors. Mm-hmm. Trash talk, put downs, misunderstanding. Now, let me tell you something. Stop trying to defend yourself on social media. Stop trying to stand up and fight back on all these. That's one reason I got off all that. I was like, you know what? I'm just sick of that. If they can't find me on Sunday, then they just ain't going to find me. <laughs> Go to YouTube and look at a sermon. You'll hear what's, what this is all about. People say, what? what's going on? Rumors, people talking trash. You got to stop defending yourself because the moment you get on the defense, you move off of the offense. And I've never seen a team score when they were on the defense unless they intercepted the ball and that made them on the offense. So don't get sidetracked with a punch from the devil because if you listen to criticism and rumors, you'll be defending yourself all the time. Here's another one. Another punch is low self-esteem. And I just want to tell some of you today, all of us in this room, all of us, That includes me, all of us, deal with times when we're like, do I really matter? Does anybody really care 
what I have to say or that my life matters. And I'm here to tell you the devil's lying to you and he's punching at you and you just got to fight through that. You got to say, that's a lie. Everybody say it. That's a lie. It's just a lie from the pit of hell. The devil will tell you that you're never going to amount to anything. But you you got to stand up and say, I am not an accident. I was born on purpose. I came into this world by the miracle power of God. I was conceived in my mother's womb. Whether my mother wanted me or loved me or not, or whether my daddy wanted me or loved me or not, my heavenly father loves me, and he made me come into existence. He had a plan for me from the foundation of the earth. I was knit together in my mother's womb. Even if she didn't want it, the power of God was still working a miracle because you can't stop the power of God. I don't care what the devil tries to do. Another punch is is deceptions. He'll punch you. Most often we do this to ourselves. We we get deceived. We we get distracted in our attention on the wrong things. And if you do that, you're going to look off. And when you look off, you're going to miss it. Another punch is doubt, doubt, doubting God. Man, that message today, you're more than able. I still believe. We've got to keep believing. If you, if you want to have an encouraging word on, on about dealing with doubt, because listen, everybody deals with doubt. Listen to Pastor Nate's message of, on Easter Sunday. The title is, when you, what if I have doubts? What if I have doubts? Well, we've all been there. And the devil's just lying to you. He's been, he's been punching doubts since the Garden of Eden. I mean, he told Eve, he said, you won't die. You'll become like God. Go ahead and eat that fruit. It was, he, and then he, he, he doubted. He created doubt in her. Did God really say that? Here's my third one. Y'all, y'all hold on just a minute. Don't play any music. Just a minute. Real important, you'll know why in just a minute. Fighters enter the ring with authority. doesn't know the Rocky fight song theme song. Come on, that just makes you want to go to the gym right there. That makes you want to get raw eggs. Everybody, that movie came out, what, Jared Green told me, 40 what, 42 years ago? Something like that, before he was born. We heard that, I heard that music, some of you like, how many of you did not know what that music was? Raise your hand. See, come on, be honest. Okay, how many of you knew what that music was? Raise your hand. You've seen these fighters, they come into the ring, they come in with authority. They got their song playing, they got their music going. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. How much authority does he have? How much authority does he have? He has all authority. Everybody say it, all authority, all authority. And then verse 19, Jesus says, you go and make disciples. He's saying there's a transfer of authority to you. All authority was given to Jesus, but then he said, you have authority. You go and make disciples. Sometimes we fail to understand the full authority that Jesus won for us at the cross, and then he gave to his followers when he said, you go. Jesus said, I chose you, and I ordained you to go and bear fruit that'll last. 
Paul told the Ephesian church, he said, and God raised us up. Everybody say, that's me. Everybody say, that's me. And God raised us up in Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms. In other words, our authority extends beyond this physical world. In fact, Jesus told Peter, he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's some strong authority, everybody. Jesus is referring to government. Government manages the affairs of its people. Government looks out for the well-being of its people. And the keys given to Peter represent opening and shutting. Some of you need to start opening some things and shutting some things. You need to start walking through some doors. Come on, somebody needs to preach with me a minute. Some of you looking at a door in front of you wondering if you're supposed to go through it. You need to trust God and open the door and walk through. Others of you need to realize you have the authority to shut some doors and close that behind you and say, never again is that going to happen to me. God's given you the keys. Quit waiting on God to do everything for you and stand up and walk in the authority that he's given to you. (laughs) I have the right to exercise faithful leadership and godly oversight in the affairs of my family. I have a right to speak into my church. This is our church. We're speaking authority. We have a right to address situations and circumstances through the word of God that tell us how we should live and how we should not live. It's spiritual authority, the power of God, the word of God to address some things. We have a right. What he's telling us is that what we believe for in the natural can happen through God's supernatural. You have a right to tell the devil, get your hands off my kids. You have a right. You have a right to say, you cannot mess with my grandchildren. They are covered by the blood of Jesus. You leave them alone in the name of Jesus. And then you might have to put some some prayer, uh, you might have to put some feet and some actions with your prayer and your faith. And you might have to take a cell phone away and say, no, honey, we ain't gonna do that anymore right now. Well, you might have to go in their room and look at their computer and you might have to go in their room and get stuff out of them. You might just have to enter their room. You know what one parent did? They just took the door off the hinge to their bedroom. You might just take the door off the hinge and go put it in the garage. Well, I just want them to have their privacy. Heck! Heck no on their privacy. I'm their parent. It's my responsibility. I have some authority. I'm not, hold on. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about God gave you those children to train up a child in the way they should go so that they were, when they're older, they will not depart from it. Some of you need to take the door off some things in your life and let your wife understand and your husband understand. You need to quit blocking yourself. You need to realize you have some authority in the spirit and you're listening to the devil. He keeps talking to you and you need to tell him, get out of my mind, get out of my life. Now. The way you do that is you might have to shut off some of the movies coming into your house. Man, I'm preaching better than your amen. And I I was ready to land this sermon, but I just got all fired up again. You might just have to stop going some of those places. You might have to cut some things out. You just have to put, you got to close some doors and open some new ones. Well, I just don't like being around people. I don't know if I should be in a small group. Come on, get over it. Open a door, walk into a small group. 
Get some accountability. Get some relationships. Get the right people in your life. Well, I've been hurt by people before. Well, join the club, baby. We've all been hurt by people. Why? Because people hurt people. But you're going to find some people that love you eventually. And some people may love you enough that they tell you hurtful things not to hurt you, but the truth in love. That's what that's called, by the way. Man, I'm just preaching myself happy. We have the key, so ask. You have the key, so knock. You have the key, so seek. You have the key, so pray. Paul said, God was talking to Peter. He said, I give you the keys. Jesus said, you have them, Peter. When he gave him the revelation, when Jesus gave Peter the revelation that Jesus was the son of God, it, something happened. When you realize that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in Oh, I thank you for that little golf clap. Yeah, that's pretty good. The dead man's spirit lives in me. No, you ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Devil, you're a liar. The power of God lives in me. And the resurrecting power of Christ lives in me. Come on. The resurrecting power of God lives in my heart. What raised Jesus from the dead will raise me back to life again. So fighters understand they have an enemy. Fighters understand they got to keep their guard up and their eyes open. And fighters live with the full authority that God has given you. And I'm going to close with this. Fighters are equipped for the fight in front of them. Let me say it to you this way. Listen to me. Everybody look at me right here. You are made for You are made for this. I love what Isaiah wrote. God's talking. Read it with me. He said, don't worry because I'm with you. Don't worry because I'm with you. Who's with you? Who's with you? Don't be afraid. I get afraid. I get afraid at times, but I got to remind myself what Isaiah wrote when God said, don't be afraid because, don't be afraid because I'm what? I'm your God. Don't be afraid because I'm your, I'm your God. Now, if you got some other gods, you might ought to be afraid. But if he's your God, you don't need to be afraid. <laughs> don't worry because I'm with you. Don't be afraid because I'm your God. I'll make you strong. And I'll help you. And I will support you. You were made for this. And here's what David wrote. God's talking. God says, I'm going to guide you along the best pathway for your life. Why do you keep questioning things God's trying to get you to do? When he says, I'm going to lead you on the best pathway for your life. I'm with you and I'm going to watch over you. 
So if, listen to me, I'm talking out of experience right now, listen carefully. I don't like some of the path I've had to walk. I don't like it. I said, I don't like it. But he didn't ask me if I liked it or not. I said, what do you mean? If you don't know, some of you don't know, but so Janet's fought cancer for 26 years this month. Long time. I don't like the path. Okay, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> but David said, God's gonna lead me on the best path for your life. Some of you are going through something. Don't miss this. Stay with me. Some of you are facing some things in your life that are hardship, but you know what it's doing? It's keeping you on your knees and your face toward God. And God knows some of us need that or we might get too distracted by other things. Pastor, that's pretty vulnerable. I'm just telling you, you gotta look for the good and say, God, you're with me. You said you'd lead me on the best, best path for my life. So I'm trusting you. Whatever you're doing is bigger than me. And whatever you're doing, don't let me stop it. Do it through me. And teach me to have joy that every day is a new day and every day is a gift. And I'm going to just keep on fighting. I'm going to just keep on fighting. And I'm going to just keep on fighting. Well, what, a, what if I get nauseous? <laughs> I heard a bell ring. That sounded like a bell from a fighter. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, okay. We ain't quitting. <laughs> Bring it on. And you may not be done after round 12 either. It may go longer. It may be round 54. Just keep on fighting. Every head bowed just for a moment. There are some things that it's just worth fighting for. And those of you here today that your marriage is, you, you fought and you fought. I just want to tell you, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't quit. Now, if, if it's unsafe, if there's things going on that are not right, I get that. Separation, time of safety, figuring something out. But if it's just can't get along, you're just futzing and fighting about stuff, listen, your marriage is, what the devil's trying to do, he's trying to, you think he's trying to get you to not trust your spouse, but he's really just trying to get you to not trust anybody. Don't give up. If, if your kids are driving you nuts and you feel like I don't know what else to do, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. If you're fighting some addiction, some battle, and it just keeps, it just keeps resurfacing, I'm just here to tell you, don't give up. Keep fighting. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You can do this. You were made for this. God is with you. Don't Quit. Father, I pray over every household, every individual, every person right now, under the sound of my voice in this room and wherever they're viewing from, I pray for you, for you right now that God's going to put his arms around you, that God's grace is going to shine on you, that his favor is going to move into your life. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we surrender to you. We turn to you. We will keep on fighting. Devil, you are a liar. You roar, but your bite is nothing. You cannot, 
you cannot touch me as long as I'm in the hollow of God's hand. And in the name of Jesus, I am protected by the power of Almighty God. I live under the shadow of the Almighty. He covers me with his wings. Psalm says, God, you are with me. You go before me and you follow behind me. You are my rear guard. You are everything I need. I trust in you. I depend on you. I look to you. You are the author and the finisher of my faith. You are the beginning and you are the end. And I'll look to you no matter. I will keep on fighting in the name of Jesus. There may be those of you in this room in this moment of prayer that you do not know Jesus. You're listening to me under the sound of my voice right now somewhere. You do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You've never surrendered to him your life. And here's the thing you need to know as to why you give your life to Jesus. You can't go to heaven by yourself. Self-righteousness doesn't work. We were born in sin. That's why God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you and me because we couldn't die for ourselves. We couldn't redeem ourselves. It had to be the sinless blood of Jesus, God's own son, a human sacrifice to pay for the sin of the world. The beautiful thing is Jesus did it. He said, not my will, but God, your will be done. And he laid down his life and he paid for our sin. And then on the third day, he was raised back to life again, just like God wants to do with you. He wants to give you a new future and a new beginning. He wants to raise you to the life he designed you for. So right now, across this room, wherever you're listening from, every head bowed, if that's you, and you say, I want to serve Jesus. I want that new life. I want to follow him. I want to be ready for heaven. I'm going to count to three, and on three, I want you to raise your hand if that's you, all right? Every head bowed, listen to me. Here we go. One, if that's you, get ready. Two, on three. Raise your hand. Three right now. I want to know Jesus. I want to go to heaven. I want to be saved. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lift that hand. Just lift that hand. Lift that hand. If you're watching somewhere, if you're driving down the road, call that number. Text us. Let us know. We're here to pray with you right now. Anybody else? Anybody else? I want to make it to heaven. I want to make it to heaven. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. God loves you. You can put those hands down now. Everybody look at me right here and let's pray this prayer together. I'm gonna to pray it for you. You're gonna repeat after me. Can we all pray it like it's our first time? Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me and paying for my sin. And today's a new beginning because I accept you as my savior and as the leader of my life. And from this day forward, I'm going to do my best to follow you and to honor you. Thank you for forgiving me and saving me. Amen. Can we celebrate with everybody that prayed that prayer? Come on. 